Hello, I'm Eric Nance with your R Weekly Highlights and more from issue 2020-37, released on September 14, 2020. This week's issue was curated by Colin Fay, with help from the R Weekly team members and contributors. Our first highlight for today sheds a bright light on how an upfront investment on effective communication can pay massive dividends for the presentation of analytical insights and relationships. In a manuscript titled 10 Guidelines for Better Tables, published earlier this summer, author Jonathan Swabish dissects the components of a table and how 10 intuitive principles can greatly improve the reader's ability to obtain the key patterns and insights of an analysis. Thomas Mock, co-founder of the Tidy Tuesday Initiative, wrote a very detailed post on his blog that illustrated applying these guidelines, as well as principles from additional research on effective graph and table design, can be accomplished with the GTR package in a pipe-friendly format. Better yet, Thomas gives a side-by-side comparison of how a table appears when you don't apply the specified guideline, giving us a quick look at the added benefit of this careful thinking in table design. With the right approach and mindset tailored to the analysis at hand, our users can now create tables that aren't just publication-worthy, but also worthy of the insights and key messages an analysis brings to the table in a manner of speaking. One of the first operations one might do when exploring data is to simply view a snippet of the actual data, paying attention to the variable names and their typical values to begin any modeling or visualizations. It's always advantageous when we have the relevant domain knowledge available to ease the start of an analysis, or even if we are the ones that are actually produced the said data. But in the real world, there is not always a clear line of sight to how the supplied data were generated, and the analyst is left to make assumptions on which variables or groupings are relevant to the research questions at hand. In our second highlight for today, Emily Riederer, Senior Analytics Manager at Capital One and co-author of the upcoming R Markdown Cookbook, proposes a thought-provoking approach in her blog on the use of a controlled vocabulary to define column names of a data set. The concepts of controlled vocabularies is rooted in helping libraries and the semantic web define relationships among different units, and Emily applies this approach by classifying different levels of a variable's characteristics, in particular the measure type, measure subjects, and domain-specific details. In addition to having an easier time recognizing the variable types and units, one can take advantage of this well-defined structure to streamline validation checks, quickly generate summaries of relevant outcomes, and visualize the overall hierarchy as part of a more informative documentation process. Emily shares examples of performing these tasks with the tidyverse, data.table, and base R functions to illustrate that these principles aren't tied to a specific package. Switching gears to our last highlight, when creating interactive web applications in Shiny, arguably the most important and likely most difficult concept to master is reactivity. 
One of Shiny's greatest strengths is to let the user quickly define simple flows between an input widget and an output, such as a data table or plot. But as an application scales to accommodate intricate data flows and complex interactions, it is quite easy for the app to start doing too much processing at once or to make one incorrect assumption that kicks off a domino effect of errors. In episode 12 of the Shiny Developer Series, hosted by yours truly, I was joined by RStudio software engineer Barrett Schlerke, who demonstrated the much-improved React log package to visualize the complete flow between the inputs, intermediate reactive objects, and outputs in a dynamic web interface that lets the user step through the flow at their own pace. For both small and large-scale applications, regular use of the React log is a low-cost approach to verifying the underlying reactive assumptions and can help a developer find out where the pipeline is breaking down or just how many outputs are being invalidated by what could be a simple change in an input. Barrett will share his work on the LearnR and Plumber packages in the next episodes of the Shiny Developer Series. Those are your R Weekly highlights for today. There is no shortage of knowledge in these excellent resources of issue 37, including myth-busting of common R and Python misconceptions, encoding R objects into images, dynamic ways of obtaining table data in R markdown reports, and much more. Did you know you can rate your experience with R Weekly? All you have to do is head to the About page on the R Weekly site to leave us a star rating and to provide your feedback. And if you are enjoying this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you leave a review on the Apple Podcasts or iTunes Store or other podcasting medium, as that will help other R users discover this resource. Have a great week and we will be back with another batch of highlights next week.